Are you making things harder than they need to be? Like, are you adding in steps that don't necessarily need to be there? If your mind is like, no, Mel, I have to do it in this order and it has to be this way and I've already figured everything out and I'm strategic and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you about one of my coaching clients. I have been working with this woman for a while and that means I've gotten to see how far she's come in her journey. And when we first started working together, one of the things she was really unhappy about was her job. She was just, she felt like she wasn't appreciated there, like they didn't respect her. It was sucking all this extra time and energy, even just in this other areas of her life. And she was working on a degree that she was going to use to apply for other jobs. And when we talked about it, she's like, you know, I know I'm miserable at my job, but I can't apply for anything new until I finish this degree program. So I have at least two more years of just sucking it up and staying at this job. Nobody will hire me without it. And I was like, how do you know that for sure? How do you know nobody will hire you? And the answer is she didn't know for sure. And she was willing to see, to see what might happen. And we worked through clarifying what her ideal job would look like. And that included things like having an office with a window and having people who respected her and having a company culture that focused on making people feel uplifted and appreciated. And she clarified all that. And then she started looking at what jobs were available. And then she decided to apply for some of them. And then she interviewed for some of them. And then guess what? She did get a different job. They did hire her even though she hadn't completed the degree yet. They were willing to work with her so that she could continue working on her degree. They had amazing benefits that were so much better than her other job. And she immediately, even just after the interview, felt respected and appreciated and like she belonged there. Now, without coaching, without somebody helping you from an outside perspective, it's really easy falling into the trap of just saying, this is the order things have to happen in. I have to do this and then I can have this and then I can do that and then this thing will happen. I have to finish the degree, then I can apply for jobs, then I can interview, then I can have a new job. When really, things aren't always just a ladder where all the rungs have to be done in order. Sometimes you're walking down a, a mountain path and there's all these different tangents you can take and sometimes there's shortcuts. Um, so <laughs> I was gonna use a video game example. I don't know if you play video games. I really don't, um, but I do remember from my days of playing Mario Kart that there were some kind of shortcuts you could take like you could shoot through a mountain and then you didn't even have to do the whole racetrack and you could skip a bunch of it. So anyway, sometimes you're getting in your own way and you're putting steps that don't need to be there. And that's the kind of thing that you need outside perspective to figure out. So that is what you can get in the Becoming Future You Mastermind. I'm asking you all kinds of questions in this podcast, and if you read my newsletter, if you read my blog post, 
I'm asking you as many questions as I can think of. But the truth is, until we actually work together, and I actually hear your voice and see your face, and we talk about what your goals are, and the steps that you're working on, and how it's going, and if you're getting distracted, and how well you're focusing, and how you're managing your time, until we turn it into a conversation, I can only help you so much. I hope that makes sense. I know that you say I um, get reviews and people who say, Mel, it feels like you're reading my mind. I'm not actually reading your mind. Like just to be clear, we could get a lot further and a lot faster and make more progress in a joyful, peaceful, easy way towards your goals if we were actually having a dialogue. So if you wanna turn this into an actual conversation, Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash mastermind and sign up. We're going to meet on Zoom twice a month so that I can help you stay on track with your goals, so that I can help you troubleshoot your problems, so that I can teach you some additional things that are customized to you because the great thing about a mastermind is it's going to grow based on who's in it. So make yourself one of those people. Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash mastermind and let's figure out how it can be easy for you. Let's figure out how working on your goals can be fun. Let's find the super cool shoot through a mountain shortcuts that are definitely there and it's just hard to see them when it's just you looking at the thing. So let me help you. Let me help you becomingfutureyou.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, I hope you enjoy today's replay. This has been one of my most popular episodes and it's definitely one of my most popular videos on YouTube and it's all about the lies that you've been taught as a woman. That does not mean if you are not female that you cannot listen to this episode and still get a lot out of it. It's about limiting beliefs that we take on that society gives us. We didn't even necessarily pick them up. We don't even really have evidence sometimes that they're true specifically in our lives, but we just absorb them as truth. So I think you're gonna get so much out of today's episode. You are amazing. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. Has that little voice in your head ever said something like, well, as women, we're trained to or as a woman, I should, or as women, society tells us we should dot, 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 or as a girl, I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z, right? Has that little voice in your head ever just kind of like piped up, piped up with something and you're like, no, that's not fit. Well, well, maybe that is what I should be doing. That's what we're talking about today. So there's a lot of conversation about this in society. Um, I was fortunate to have been raised by really strong women. And um, at a time when I think maybe some, some of those societal rules were 
loosening up a little bit. So I can come at this with a different perspective, but let me explain. So my Bacha, total leaping badass. I mean, she's totally amazing. She had polio when she was a kid and she told her mom, she's like, something's wrong with my arm. And when I get out of bed, I fall down. And her mom was like, you're fine. Get back up. And so she did. So she would get back up. She'd get out of bed. She'd fall down. She'd get back up. And she kept using those muscles. And even though they did eventually take her to a doctor and she actually was diagnosed with polio, my bacha, and bacha means grandma, by the way, but my bacha's theory is that the reason she can walk today is because she kept getting back up. She said that her school, in her school building, you'd go inside and you'd leave your coat in the coat room and then you had to walk upstairs to the classroom. She said she'd fall down on the stairs all the time and none of the other kids would help her up. But she would get herself back up. So she thinks because she kept using those muscles, she's able to walk today. So total bleeping, bleeping, awesome grandma I have. And then my mom, um, my mom got really into camping when we were kids. I have uh, three siblings, so there were four kids, and my mom loved camping. Well, my dad worked in construction, and when you work in construction, a lot of times the job deadline means you can't take vacation. So like, even though he would technically like have vacation days, if he took them, he would have just gotten replaced on the job and he would have come back from vacation and been laid off. So like, that's just how it was. So my mom would take us camping and she would drive this big diesel pickup and pull a pop-up camper and take four kids. And we'd go on these big trips and sometimes we'd go out of state and it was awesome. And I always thought it was really weird when people would be like, oh, your mom does that without, without your dad going along. And as a kid, I was like, I mean, she can drive. So like, I don't, I don't really see what, what the issue is. Now I get it. Uh, but I was raised by like really strong women, but that's not to say that I didn't also internalize a lot of these, their limiting beliefs about, about being female. Even if we know, like, we hear the little voice that says, well, as a woman, I should put my kids first. Or, um, you know, the reason I don't exercise, I just don't have time because I have to run the kids to all these different places and they're my top priority, right? There are things that we do as women and some of them are serving us and some of them aren't. There's a lot of conversation around this in society, which is amazing. I'm not here to talk about any of that. Because the conversation I care about and the one that I want to help you with is the conversation inside your own head. Okay. So just make that clear. This is not like, this is not me trying to, to tell you to get a sign and go out in the street. This is me telling you, let's, let's talk about how you talk to yourself and how this might be affecting you. The reason I decided to teach this class is because with all my coaching clients, I coach women. And the strongest, like most independent women in coaching, eventually we reach a limiting belief, a story that's holding them back, not serving them, not helping them become the best version of themselves. And it, it comes from something they were taught about what it means to be a mom or a wife or a woman. Okay. So today we're talking about how to change up the conversation that you're having with yourself 
and just figure out, is what I'm telling myself helping me or hurting me, right? Which is usually what we're doing. Is this helping me or hurting me? Serving me, helping me become future me or holding me back? All right, so step one, step one to change what you say to you is to identify your programming. Identify your programming. And that's really what it is, is it's, it's programming. So the first thing I want you to do is think about everything. We're not, we're not trying to figure out good or bad, does this help or hurt me yet? But just write down everything you can think of that you were ever told about um, being a woman or that you were ever heard anybody else uh, told about being a woman or an expectation that you feel like there is because you're female. So whether it's you know about your role in the family or your role at work or how you should behave or what you should think or how you should look, how you should feel about your roles, what you should wear, what you should say, whether these things are, you know, as a woman, we were trained to, I was trained to this, or I was told to that. So just brain dump out all of these things. The ones that don't serve you, even if you're like, well, yeah, I heard that, but I don't believe it. Okay. Write those down too. But the ones that don't serve you, those are what we call limiting beliefs. They're just, you know, like core beliefs. They're in your subconscious, in your soul, and they don't help you become future you. They hold you back. So a limiting belief is any story that past you picked up that doesn't serve you. Okay. That's the limiting part, but a belief that past you picked up in, I think it's, you are a badass at making money. And if it isn't, it's, you are a badass, but either way, Jen Sincero talks about this in her books. And she calls this um, person, like I would call this person tiny past you. So this is like three, four, five, six-year-old, seven-year-old past you. Jen Sincero calls this your little prince, okay? But your little prince picked up these beliefs, these stories, filtering them through a child's mind. So if you've ever been around kids, you know that their, their world is small right? And children need their parents to survive. They need adults, right? A baby cannot survive on their own. A five-year-old cannot survive on their own. So that survival instinct that you had as a child, the goal was to fit in. The goal was to keep from getting kicked out of the herd. The herd, your parents were protecting you and keeping you alive. So this is very much survival instinct that we're talking about. So those stories that you picked up, they might be something like, so if you lived in a household where money caused a lot of tension, right? And anytime your parents talked about buying something or the budget or the lack of the budget or bills or whatever, if there was like an argument or a lot of tension, tiny past you would have filtered that in and might've just picked up the message like money makes people angry. Okay. And so even if as an adult, you're not walking around consciously going money makes people angry. That's still a subconscious belief that you might've picked up these stories. Okay. First of all, I want to make sure I say you can't blame past you for this. Please don't blame past you. Like you don't go up to a child right now, like a five-year-old 
and and go, how dare you believe that money is bad, right? Why would you think that? You're not going to do that to tiny past you. She was doing the best she could, right? She was trying to survive. So let's just that instinct to go, why did you sabotage me like this? Five-year-old Mel, it's just, let's let that go. But these stories that you tell yourself, whether they're subconscious or they're bubbling up into your, into your conscious mind, these stories were picked up by past you, but they're perpetuated by present you. So if you don't want future you to still carry around this story, present you has to reframe it, rework it, reprogram your brain, okay? And that's, that is what we're working on, but we're in step one, figure out your programming. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but even if you intellectually know that's not true, and I find that this is common with these limiting beliefs that women have picked up about their role, about their place in the world as a woman, even if you intellectually know that's not true, you might still subconsciously believe it. And that's what we're trying to figure out because there's a difference between what you think up here and what you believe in here, which is basically like everything I teach, right? So if I'm teaching you to be kinder to yourself and to to make your internal dialogue positive and affirming and be your own cheerleader, that works a whole lot better if in your heart you start to believe, you know, I'm worthy of this. My, what I create is good. I'm meant to write. I'm meant to sing. I'm meant to paint. I'm meant whatever, right? I'm meant to be a mom. If you start believing in your heart, so that's what we're working on. So even please don't, please don't think, well, I don't believe that. And so if I think the words, I don't believe that, then I don't, that's, that's not quite how it works. So what we believe affects how we talk to ourselves, how we carry ourselves. Not to sound like too woo-woo, but like the energy you give off. So if you have, have you ever talked to somebody and you can just sense that they're like uncomfortable talking to you? Like you, you just feel it, you know, and you wouldn't necessarily be like, well, their shoulders were kind of in and hunched and they looked down a lot and they, their voice was kind of quiet. You don't really go through all that. You just get the sense that like, this person is uncomfortable talking to me, right? You don't know why, but you get it. That's what I mean by the energy you put off. So your belief about whatever you're, you're talking about. So if I were selling something, right, my belief that my course helps people is going to show through in the way that I talk about it, as opposed to my thinking like, oh, it's really selfish and I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell people about it. And it would change, even though it wouldn't be that dramatic, it would change. My belief would change the way the energy that I give off. Okay. So that's step one is to just identify your programming. Not all of it's bad, right? Some of it's great, right? Sometimes you are programmed to believe that you are amazing and you can do anything you set your mind to. That might be awesome programming for you. Some of it's not so great. Like, oh, well, I should put my kid's health ahead of my own health. That might not be serving you. So 
dump out all those things you can think about of what you were told or taught or believe you're supposed to do because you're a woman. That's step one. Step two, to change what you say to you, knowing is only half the battle. Step two is accepting that knowing is only half the battle. All right. That's, that's kind of what I was saying already. But if you're going, Mel, this doesn't apply to me, please stick with me. It does apply to you. We all have limiting beliefs. It's part of walking around on this planet. The biggest. So let me say this. The biggest limiting belief that someone can carry around is to think that because society hasn't changed, you can't change. Let me say that again. The biggest limiting belief you can carry around, one of, is to think that the conversation inside your own head has to be dictated by what's outside, by society at large. So this is what I mean when I say I'm not trying to change the conversation in society. There's lots of wonderful, amazing people working on that. I want you to know you don't have to wait for that to change, to change what you think about yourself. I was definitely one of those people that thought I didn't have some of these, these limiting beliefs, especially around being female, because like I said, my bacha, my mom, they're like super strong and independent and they do what they want. And I took my grandma with me, my bacha to buy my first car because I knew she'd be the best haggler. And she was right. <laughs> Not only did she talk them down, she was like, and we'll take a full tank of gas. And um, she is not going to sign the papers until after January 1st because she doesn't want to pay property tax on this car this year, but you're going to hold it for her. <laughs> like, you're amazing. You're my hero. <laughs> but I can, I still picked up some of these, some of these limiting beliefs, which I've discovered by learning how to shake them loose. Okay. When you know, or, or let's say this. Part of figuring out which of these limiting beliefs is holding you back, what's in your subconscious, that brain dump was a great first step, but you got to shake loose the other ones because they're subconscious. They were picked up by tiny past you. Like I said, present you probably isn't walking around saying money makes people angry. So I don't want any of it, but that might be a subconscious limiting belief. So how do you shake them loose? You shake them loose by scaring yourself. So I said that tiny past you was trying to survive. Tiny past you did not want to get kicked out of the herd because getting kicked out of the herd would mean death. That instinct, even though now you're independent and you take care of yourself and, you know, can microwave your own dinner at this point. That instinct to fit in and survive, that's still in there. So you scare yourself by dreaming big, okay? We talk about future you all the time. Most of you are not allowing yourself to actually design the future you you actually want because you're designing the future you you think you're capable of achieving. 
you're designing the future you that you believe you deserve. You have to push past that. So here's how we do that. First of all, if you haven't already downloaded the Becoming Future You journal, you can do that at meljolly.com forward slash journal. But what you want to do is you want to get into future use perspective and you want to really project yourself into that person, like as a daydream, you know, like walk around, meant close your eyes, mentally imagine you're walking around future use house. You're walking around future use life. What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? Both, you know, like tactically and emotionally. What does it feel like when you journal about these things? If you'll write, you know, a day in your life from future use perspective. As you do this, the daydream, the journaling, that's when the limiting subconscious beliefs start to bubble to the surface. They get scared because the brighter and better you make the vision, the more tiny past you or your little prince gets nervous, you're going to actually do it. And it's too far outside your comfort zone. And that's when your little prince like barfs up some of those like limiting subconscious beliefs, like money's bad. Wanting money is a sin. One of the things that I discovered totally just by, I was daydreaming. I was daydreaming about being five-star future Mel. And I was thinking, you know, I can't wait so excited about having a level of financial abundance that I can invite my friends on a vacation, like a beach trip, and I'm going to cover the whole thing. I'm so excited to be able to do that, to be able to invite them and just be like, it's on me. I got this. And that's when that little voice inside my head said, but Mel, if you have that level of financial abundance, you won't have friends anymore. What? What? I had no idea that was in there. It was only by journaling and daydreaming, really like putting myself in that place that the little voice pipes up and is like, hold your horses, hon. You don't deserve that. You're not worth that. Whoa, this is unsafe, right? Is what Tiny Past You is saying. I want to keep you safe. We can't do that. I have to keep you safe with friends, with your current friends. And they might not like you if you're like that. When you shake those things loose, please write them down because they're going to flit, right? They're going to flit into your brain. They're going to shock you. And 15 minutes later, you're not going to remember what it was. Write it down, open voice memo on your phone, talk into your phone, whatever. You got to capture it. Because it's only when you're scared do those things start to bubble up. But once you capture it, you can start looking at those things and you can question them. Okay. You can start saying, you know, is this really true? Like, Mel, will you really not have any friends? Does that seem likely? No. Let's say, let's say that one of the limiting beliefs that you've come up with is. I mentioned health earlier. So it's, you know, I put my kids' health first. My kids' health is more important than my health. Well, if you start to question that, well, what what if you let your health deteriorate? Because you're always putting your kids' health first. So you don't exercise and 
you finish all the food that they leave on their plate. See that one a lot, right? What happens? Will you still be able to take care of your family if you're carrying around a lot of extra weight or feeling sluggish or literally like not strong? Your muscles, you don't use them, you lose them, right? What would that, how would that affect? Would you be able to play with your kids? Would you be able to, to travel to visit your kids if they're adults and they live somewhere else? How do you feel when you're not in your best health? Do you feel tired? Do you feel cranky? I get cranky. Y'all, I get so cranky. It gets really never hard for me to make this leap because I'm like, if I don't eat, I get hungry and then I'm a jerk. Like it's a pretty short, that's pretty easy for me to make this leap. You might not be as dramatic in your responses as I am. Okay. But if you question, question this limiting belief, like it's on trial, is that true? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, then you might get to the place where you say, oh, all right, well, it sort of seems like in order to continue to make my kids' health a priority and to be able to take care of them, I'm going to have to take care of my own health. I have to. And you can logic yourself into a place where you understand the difference. So that's step two is, is knowing that knowing is only half the battle so that we can get to step three. That's where we install better programming. Install better programming. So after you identify these limiting beliefs and you start questioning them and you start to kind of get to this place where you're like, oh, okay, so I am always saying in front of my kids, I want to write a book or I want to open the Etsy store. I want to start a podcast or you're verbalizing your dreams, right? I want to have a house at the beach, whatever it is. If you're saying that in front of other people, but you never work on it, what kind of example are you setting? Okay. And you can, you can look at your actions and you can say, oh, okay, well, maybe if I question, if I question, you know, maybe I think that not working on my dream makes me a better mom. It's better to prioritize everybody else, put everybody else's needs in front of my own. Okay. So even though I want to write the book. I got to put everybody else's needs in front of my own. Well, what example are you setting? Well, I guess you're teaching everybody that even if you have dreams, the most important thing is to put everybody else first. Is that the message you want to send? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. After you do all this questioning, <clears throat> you uncover your new truth. Okay. This is just. Some people might call it reframing, if you've ever heard that term. It's like brain trickery, okay? You're taking the same thing and you're turning it into something helpful instead of something that holds you back. So if the concern is about being a good wife, right? In order to be a good wife, I have to put my partner first. And I, I have to take care of all my partner's needs ahead of my own needs. You can still come up with a liberating belief, a liberating truth that still is about being a good partner. When I take care of my health, I am a lot nicer. I am a much better wife because I'm not 
walking around like screaming my head off. Not that I do. That would never happen in the Jolly Zoo. It's only when I get hungry, you guys. When I take care of my health, I'm a better parent because I feel good. Does that make sense? Identify what's holding you back. Okay. What, What are these things that are not helping you become future you? If future you is in great shape, but you're telling yourself the story is, well, you know, I have to put everybody else first so I don't have time to exercise. There's a disconnect. You can't become future you who's in great health if you put everybody else first and you don't exercise. Got it? All right. So you're going to figure out what's holding you back. You're going to question the snot out of it. Like it's on trial. And then you're going to rework it into something that is actually helpful to you. Exercising makes me a nicer partner. Working on my dream shows all the people around me that that is important. And that it's okay to dream and it's okay to work on your goals. Writing my book, even though it means shutting myself away in my office and the cats are crying outside, right? I'm setting the example. Hopefully there are other people, you know, the cats. I don't, I don't know fully the effect that this has on cats, right? But the other people in your world are like, she is serious. She's going for it. She's doing it. So once you have your liberating truth, knowing it's only half the battle, right? So you got to take it from your head into your heart and into your actions. You're not going to just remember it. You can't do this whole process in your mind and then think it's done. You actually really, truly, please write it down. Okay. If, if you go through this whole questioning thing and it's not journaling, even though I really think it should be, you just do it all in your mind and you come up with your new reframe, please write it down for one thing. For another thing, write it down every day. Journal about it. Say it out loud. You've probably heard of affirmations before and affirmations have a bad rap for being weird and like you stare in the mirror and pound your chest and... Affirmations are just saying something positive to yourself on purpose. You're saying something affirming. That's what an affirmation is. So if this new truth that you came up with is positive and makes you feel good, say it out loud. Put it on a post-it and put it in your bathroom mirror. Put it in your phone alarm and have your phone alarm go off multiple times a day. Drop it into conversation. Tell your best friend, you know what I realized? I never made the connection between what I'm eating and how I treat other people. Turns out when I eat a bunch of sugar and have a big sugar crash, I'm a monster. No, don't call yourself a monster. That's, don't do that. But do you see what I'm saying? Drop it in a conversation. What we're doing here is I use the words reprogramming. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes repetition. And it takes action, okay? If the new truth is about working on your book and about that being a good example and making you a good mom because you're showing your kids to follow their dreams, you have to actually work on the book. You have to do the habit. You have to do the thing. If it's about exercise, you have to exercise. Eating healthy, you have to, you have to do the habit. 
say the affirmation out loud, put it on your mirror, whatever, get it into your brain, get it into your actions by doing the habit that's related to it. So does that make sense? Here's, here's your steps, okay? Step zero, don't wait for society to change, to change the conversation inside your own mind. And you do that by one, identify. Just, just start identifying what these stories are that you tell to yourself. Two, know that identifying is only half the battle. Just because it's in your head and you're like, that's not true, doesn't mean you're done with it. You have to do step three, which is reprogram. You've got to reframe it, turn it into something positive, rewrite it, and then install it in your heart and in your actions. And if you want to turn this into a conversation where I am able to help you more specifically, make sure you go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash mastermind and sign up today. I will see you on Zoom. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, Download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start.